As Poland heads towards elections in October, media freedom is in the spotlight. Under the ruling Law and Justice Party, which is seeking a third term in government, press freedom in the country has deteriorated over the last decade. While Poland's media landscape remains vibrant and pluralistic overall, independent media critical of the ruling party have faced regulatory, financial, and legal pressure, and public media have been distorted into a mouthpiece of the government. As the parliamentary election on October 14th looms, media freedom groups have raised the alarm that Poland's government and its allies have begun dialing up pressure on critical media further. But in the background, there are also concerns about the increased control that law and justice wields both directly and indirectly over regional and local media, and what this means for editorial freedoms of the journalists working there. This issue was thrust onto the agenda in late 2020, when the country's largest regional publisher, Polska Press, a network which includes 20 regional dailies, 150 weeklies, and 500 online portals, was sold by its German owner, EKN Orlen, Poland's state-controlled oil company, which is headed by an ally of Law and Justice's leadership. At the time, press freedom organizations, including the Media Freedom Rapid Response Consortium, warned of the takeover of an independent media house by an entity headed by figures with close links to the government would open the door to increased interference and spell disaster for its independence. Though the controversial acquisition faced legal challenges, the ownership takeover was completed in 2021 and multiple changes were carried out by Orlen across Polska press titles with new management and editors appointed. As the Polish election approaches, we examine how this takeover has affected editorial independence at Polska press news outlets, how this maps onto previous capture of media by the government and its allies, and more broadly, what the implications of this control over local journalism are in an election in which rural voters in particular will be crucial for electoral success. You're listening to the latest episode of the MFRR In Focus, a podcast by the Media Freedom Rapid Response, a consortium of press freedom organizations and journalist groups from across Europe. In this episode, we're shining a spotlight on Poland. I'm your host, Jamie Wiseman, Europe Advocacy Officer at the International Press Institute, which is a partner of the MFRR. Today, we're looking at media freedom in local and regional media in Poland. To discuss this issue, I'm joined by Konrad Szymaszko, a legal officer at the Helsinki Foundation for Human Rights in Poland. Konrad, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, you authored a report for the Helsinki Foundation recently about the impact of this takeover of Polska Press by, by Orlen, and this came at a very important time. Um, so first of all, tell us a bit about why your organization decided to publish this report and sketch out some of the key findings and conclusions in terms of media freedom and uh, editorial independence. Yeah, so um, together with my colleagues, Magrzata Szoleka and Zuzanna Nowicka, we've worked, we have worked on this report for several months as uh, we really wanted to get into the details based on the interviews that we, we conducted with the journalists who either 
uh, are still working at the Posca Press Media or, or very recently left the, the outlet. We wanted to, to take a closer look into this because um, the takeover by Orlen uh, of, the, of the Polska press, of the majority of the regional press in Poland, was in a way a presidential movement and a presidential step in, in Poland when it comes to this kind of a, a aspect of media capture. Uh, never before uh, a state-owned company took over uh, independent uh, media outlets, especially um, of that size. So we, we, we uh, well, we'll assure that this is a very important uh, um, action that happened on the, on the, uh, in Poland when it comes to media freedom and media system. But we had this feeling that there has been a lot of interest when the when the takeover has been happen was happening, but after actually it was in a way finalized, uh, there was not really much interest, no more on what's actually going on there, or at least there has not been any kind of systemic information, systemic insights uh, into what's going on there. While this was really what uh, what mattered after the sort of the dust of the other changes happened. Uh, we had some anecdotal information that leaked to the media, but not too much. So we decided that we really need to systematically um, take a look at it by, by conducting um, several qualitative interviews with the journalists who had in-depth insight knowledge into what it's like to, to work for a media, which is um, eventually owned by state-owned company. Like you say, this takeover of a major media network by a state oil company was completely unprecedented in Europe. Um, what kind of changes occurred after the takeover was finalized? So we, 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 uh, we want also to take a look at what was actually going before the takeover and to, to, to compare it to, um, to, to the situation, how it looks afterwards. But when it comes to the one of the crucial points, that is changes in the in the editorial freedom, uh, I would say the crucial outcome is that there have there are significant changes there. It's not that the situation in Polska press media uh, has been per were perfect before. It was perfect before, uh, especially when it comes to issues like, well. Um, you know, economic stability, working conditions, and things like this. Uh, pressure for click bites. So this, these are some recurring themes that we heard from our interviewers uh, when it comes to the situation before the takeover. But the vast majority of people we talked with said that they really did not experience any kind of a pressure when it comes to the, well, when it comes to the, uh, well, journalistic freedom. This is something that did not happen before to, to a large extent with some, uh, uh, with some uh, exceptions. What we heard from all, all of, almost all of the journalists we talked with after the takeover is that this is something they, they experience uh, or have experienced after the takeover. And we have identified sort of com uh, five recurring themes that uh, we heard about from different interviews from different outlets within the whole Posca Press group. Um, so uh, 
these five teams uh, that we had a couple of times was almost all times in all of our plans was the favoring of the ruling party and the politicians uh, from this uh, party in the editorial coverage and the sort of um, the, uh, the the reflex of this that is the uh, marginalization of the political opposition in the in the coverage. Um, another theme was limiting of certain topics that they considered as sensitive from the perspective of the ruling majority, such as LGBT rights or rights of asylum seekers, or news concerning the um, um, the, the current owner of Polska Press, that is Orlan and its CEO. Um, a fourth recurring theme was uh, novelty, uh, that is the substantial interferences in journalistic tax, something that before most of the journalists did not experience. And fifth uh, theme, recurring theme was uh, a strange familiarity of the of the uh, trauma management with politicians associated with the ruling majority. Okay, so broadly we're kind of seeing pressure dialed up on editorial freedom of individual journalists, but also on media outlets themselves in some cases, and a new editorial line kind of being imposed for different different measures. What does this look like in practice, though? Uh, what's really interesting is how it's operated on the on the like daily level, and it's I think important to to uh, to recognize at, that at least to to a certain moment there has been quite a big differences, regional differences between different outlets. Uh, in some outlets, it, the changes have been done in a sort of softer way. Uh, in, uh, in some of them, um, the new editors in chief were really more hardliners and were heavy handed, and the um, the level of, of, of changes were really, or how intrusive they were, um, was really hard. But uh, but the, 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 so we could identify a little bit a couple of ways that also have been done. So from the less intrusive, you can name some things as assigning certain sensitive topics to people who, well, the new management uh, trusts that, that we will deliver the new uh, editorial line, which sounds, well, not that intrusive, but there's a, a sort of a, uh, another side of it that people who, who, who the new management did not trust they were doing this line were being well, pushed away from the from these topics and they're being their tax where they were stopped and uh, they were not assigned any new topics. Uh, and finally, sort of a, perhaps the most extreme um, uh, forms of interferences was related to direct takedowns of texts that had already been published. A couple of these uh, stories actually were, were leaked to the media or were simply noticed that something was published later, it was taken down. So. There was, for example, this uh, interview with the uh, professor of economy who criticized uh, some tax reforms imposed by the current government, but published by, by the outlet in Krakow, and was taken down after a couple of hours. It was published on the website um, officially because it was published without the authorization of the editor in chief, but um, well, it was indicated as one of the examples of direct interferences. Okay, well, you painted a picture there of, of obviously quite substantial changes, but that have taken a number of different forms, and, and breaking them down into those five key themes is is, is is definitely helpful. But like you said, you know, we're dealing with 
a large number of, of media outlets here. 150 weeklies, 20 regional dailies, 500 online portals. So, I mean, like you said, I imagine it is a mixed picture with some more direct and strong forms of censorship and others more, more nuanced and, and soft. Um, but taken together kind of cumulatively, um, is it possible to say, you know, how much editorial coverage at these titles generally has shifted in the last few months? And how clear would that be to the average news consumer or reader? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I would say that if you compare it with the what happened to uh, public service media, to public television and public radio, like how fiasco, um, one might see as as not that drastic as there uh, you could see the changes like happening on the daily basis from sort of day one. Here, it looks like it's being conducted in a, a more incremental way. And uh, as I said, it also differs from outlet to outlet. So um, we heard from some interviews that this, we still have a long run to, 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 to becoming something like TFLP, like the public television. While the other, actually, from the different outlet that was represented was more of indicative of this hotline, has said that we are already sort of at this level. Uh, but what we heard from interviews is that, and also from other talks, that um, there's a clear part of this change, that the new editors in chief uh, usually or almost always represent a more... Um, well, a direct form of of of, of uh, exercising this new editorial line, and um, I'm saying this because it's important to see it as a, as a long process. That uh, after the initial um, unclarity and preceding further changes, we probably expect that we the tendencies, the most worrying tendencies that we identified in the report, will actually get stronger and stronger. As we see it, uh, that uh, the editors in chief that were described by interviews as, as a hardliners now were also now be also becoming the editors in chief of, of new outlets. So, sort of their ways of operating are spreading to, to other uh, outlets uh, owned by Posca Press Group. Um, so, I would say that uh, the changes are. Uh, Visible by by the inter by the uh, first of all we have from the interviews, but also from the readers. Um, uh, also encounters such issues as simply uh, changing the focus from the more local uh, issues to 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 more central issues. This is another theme that we identified, and uh, readers that were were kind of. Um, used to reading local news are now being satisfied but probably heard from more politicized, more central level imposed news. But they are being conducted in a more incremental way and 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 less um in a less sharp way than it was in the public television, public radio. Okay, and like you said that, you know, this is this is by October when the elections will have been held, it'd be almost three years almost, you know, minus three months to when the takeover was first announced. So it's been a long process and, like you say, incremental changes. But uh, interesting to hear that even 
some of the initial editors and chiefs have since been replaced with with hard, more hardline figures. Um, but uh, just to kind of to take a step back from looking directly at Posca Press and, and the media within that network, to zoom out a little bit, you know, a lot has been spoken over the years about law and justice's drive and desire to repolonize the media market in Poland um, and to have Polish media owned by Polish entities rather than foreign firms. Um, this this acquisition by PK Norland was seen as a as a pretty major success for this repolonization drive. So, you know, in your view, what have the wider implications been of this acquisition for media pluralism and freedom in Poland, particularly at the local and the regional level? Yeah, that's a perfect question because it's crucial to see the acquisition of Polska Press by Orlen uh, within the wider picture of all the changes uh, introduced. Um, in recent years, what's the um, with regard to the media um, ecosystem in Poland, as um, this is just one of the steps taken to uh, aim at you know at the process that that has been described as media capture of you know gaining a greater control over the media ecosystem by by the ruling party in this in this case, and um, uh, and. Uh, it's, it's 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 crucial to see that that's where the, the public media and I'm saying this because um, uh, you can already see some form of a cooperation between the public media and the Polska press outlets after they have been taken over. So this um, this fears that um, it's not just the regional media, but actually uh, this is a step towards creating some sort of a conglomerate of media that are being to lesser or larger extent controlled by government, uh, we can see already some confirmations of it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's still um, formally and practically two different entities. It's not one single entity, but the cooperation, especially on the regional level or the regional uh, public television, regional public radio has been enhanced, and there's like a more of a exchange of the um, well of the materials between the the two uh, brands uh, controlled by the uh, by the government uh, after it has been taken after the public media has been directly taken over. So there, 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 there's a clear, a very direct connection between where Bosco Press is just one part of the puzzle of the larger picture. But if you even zoom more out, of course, uh, a lot of things could not happen if if, uh, if if there has been no actions taken towards the uh, regulators. So, of course, when it comes to public media, the, the National Broadcasting Council and the new regulator, National Media Council, has been crucial there. But uh, one shall not forget about the uh, competition authority, which authorized the transaction, uh, the, the takeover, uh, and now also the, the recent uh, actions of the uh, new chairman of the, of the um, uh, National Broadcasting Council uh, imposing fines on, on private uh, independent um, uh, televisions or radios in a way creating a, a, a new tool of exercising pressure of those media that has not been bought but uh, are still remain independent. But it's... it's uh, so you can see that the, the, the sort of the instrumentarium, the, the, the tools that are being used uh, are, are 
quite diversified, uh, but and in a way, the buying out of Polska Press by Orlan has been in a way exceptional in, in terms of actually take over a private entity by uh, by state-owned agency. Uh, but according to, to, to quite recent revelations, it has not been the only attempt to do so. I think it's worth to mention that uh, one month ago, two outsourcing chief of uh, major internet outlets, uh, Onet and, and Virtuana Polska, published articles in which they uh, they claimed that, um, well, people with close ties to the current uh, ruling majority also propose uh, buying out their outlets um, if to, 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 to buy, buy the allies of the current majority. So you see that one could say that there's parts of buying out uh, through simple market measures is not something that uh, was a one shot, but there are other attempts. And importantly, according to the editor in chief of, of, of these innocent outlets that I mentioned, when the, the offer was refused, um, at least one of the outlets started to experience certain problems with the one of the regulators who began initiating proceedings against against the outlet. So there's several tools for the media capture that is, are being imposed, and and buying out of regional press is is uh, one of the key themes, one of the key aspects, but not the only one. Yeah, I think you're very right to kind of paint this against the backdrop of the last couple of years and even further back in terms of media capture and this issue of regulatory pressure. It's, of course, you know, something we see as a growing threat. But you, know, you said about media capture, it's never an end in itself. It's always to serve a certain political or ideological agenda. And with the election coming in Poland, the last question would be, how big a factor do you think this take takeover of Polska Press a network of that size and with that influence of the local and the regional level could play in shaping public opinion and serving a government agenda in the coming weeks. Yes, that's uh, that's a, a crucial factor in the coming weeks. And I would say that uh, from central level, Polska press has sometimes been neglected as as from you know, especially um, also because of its networked. Um, ways of operating, but if you actually sum up uh, over the outlets, they have really a huge uh, potential influence on the on the media sphere, on the on the on the readers and on the voters, because uh, well, they are uh, they reach around ninety million people daily, which is around half of the all of the internet users in Poland. So. Um, even if 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 uh, the, the the shares of the print media is is, is is of course falling as 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 it is in in uh, well in more broadly regard print media still the the um, uh, the whole internet empire of Polska press is uh, just important part of the Polish internet that people actually visit and in this terms um, this more incremental way of implementing changes might be perceived as a, in a way, smarter move that, um, well, people quite clearly see what what, uh, what the public television now has become. And I'd say that no one is actually, 
it's, it's impossible to defend it as a as a as an independent pluralistic uh, objectives are are well fairly fair media, but it's it's clearly visible. I mean, comes post-crisis, as I said, the changes are more incremental, more more slowly. So people still, I'd say, tend to uh, well visit these websites. Uh, there has been some drops, but there has not been that significant. It still remains an important factor. Uh, and um, an important asset that that might be used in the yeah, upcoming uh, uh, campaign. And it's 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 important to know that already we have in a way a, a case study of it because uh, there has been a, a sort of a midterm election, some might say or a, or a, uh, earlier elections. Uh, in Russia from southeast from Poland, and already after the takeover of Polska Press, uh, and what the research uh, conducted by uh, by other actors, by Journalistic Association, also by other, and also what other interviewees from that region said is that um, what has been happening with the campaign was really, really uh, well, pushing the boundaries. So we consider that a case of Zeshov is, is, is in a way uh, a, a good case study and, a, and quite a pessimistic um, well, diagnosis or prognosis of what might happen quite soon before the elections there in, in the whole Poland. Okay, so we've already kind of had a preview of, of what this might look like in the election context. Um, well, I mean, like you said, the elections are approaching. We're only a matter of weeks away now, and time will tell as to the success of this takeover and its impacts. But uh, until then, Conrad, thank you for your insights, and uh, thank you to the Foundation for this important report. Thank you. In the last few weeks, a delegation from the MFRR travelled to Warsaw meet with journalists, editors, and political figures, among others, to assess the current state of press freedom in the build-up to the election, with a central focus given to the takeover of Polska Press, and how major a case of media capture this represents in Poland. As the election approaches, only time will tell as to the impact that this controversial takeover will have on media pluralism and the fairness of the vote, which is said to be one of the most impactful in Poland's modern history. Thanks for listening to this episode of the MFRR in Focus. For more in-depth podcast episodes about the state of press freedom across Europe, visit the MFRR website or search MFRR in Focus on your podcast app. For more MFRR monitoring, advocacy, and reports on Poland, as well as the findings of our recent mission, visit www.mfrr.eu. See you next time.